uh, we were in between uh, series here at the church, and so um, I was just praying about what to talk about, and I really wanted to talk about um, just the pressure and the strain that comes during the holiday season. Oh, thanks, babe. Um, and uh, and so I was trying to think. I, I like to come up with like silly titles and stuff. And at first, I thought of a hardly jolly Christmas. Like the song, yeah, that's the reaction that my family had too. Um, so I set it on turkey and stressing, and I think uh, <laughs> I think that we, a lot of us eat the turkey and stressing every holiday season, right? So that's what we're going to talk about: is how to avoid that. Um, you know, the holidays can simultaneously be the happiest and most stressful times of the year, right? And then for some of us. Um, you know, it, 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 we get down during the holidays, especially if you've have, had a loved one pass during this time. It can be really difficult. It can be really difficult, but at the same time, it's a time that you love. And so, you know, there's this pull in both directions. Um, and the pressure just creates an overall strain on us sometimes. Uh, you know, we need to buy the perfect gift, Right? For our loved ones, uh, we just need to. I just want to make sure the kids are happy. I mean, maybe you grew up in a in a family situation where where things didn't go well at the holidays, and so you really want to give that gift to your kids. Or, or maybe you did have awesome holidays as a kid, so you want to make sure that's. But there's this pressure that comes with with during the holiday season to try to make sure everything's just right. You have family visit a lot of times, right? Or you go visit family, and that's just a whole can of worms. Sometimes, right? Getting along with family, learning to love people that you don't necessarily like, right? And so all these things, all these things happen. But I, I want to encourage you this morning. We're going to talk about how to not eat the turkey and stressing. How, how, how not to, to give in to the pressures of the holiday season. And, and this is going to be a relatively simple. I have two main things I want to go over. And then the second one, I'm going to break down into two things. It's not even a three-point sermon this morning, okay? So I think you guys, I know, that you can, you can retain this, okay? So I think we're going to do it. So the first thing I want you to know, how do we avoid eating the turkey and stressing, is, is you've got to manage your expectations, now, we've talked about this a little bit, and I'm not going to spend much time on this, but we've got to learn to manage our expectations. Look, the meal is not going to be perfect, okay? It's not going to be perfect. Your cousin's children are not going to behave, all right? They're not. They're going to run around. They're probably going to break something, all right? That's just kind of how life works out sometimes. Uh, guys, you're not going to be able to watch the football game in peace. You're just not. And if you have an expectation that you are, you're going to be the one that snaps at little Johnny, right? Because all he's trying to do is interact with his uncle, right? And then all of a sudden you miss. Anyway, look, just this, just, it's okay. It's all right. It, you, everything's not going to go according to plan. It's not going to be this perfect, magical uh, moment all the time. Look, it's okay if you don't have a little candy cane next to everyone's place setting with their name on it. <laughs> right? I mean, we don't remember this stuff. I mean, it, it, when you think back to the magic of the holidays, if you have that in your history, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't all the stuff, was it? It was the being around the family. It was, it was not worrying about all the details, right? And, and, and so that's, you just, we just need to adjust, adjust our mindset. Look, if, if, you, if you try to force the perfect holiday season on everyone else around you, you're simply going to create more stress for them and for you. All right? So take a deep breath. 
It's going to be okay. And make sure your expectations are realistic. Look at this verse. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. I don't know about you, but I want life and peace, right? That sounds good to me. Well, we are told, we are instructed in plain English how to make sure that not stress and anxiety and worry and, and eventually what they say, death, comes. And We've been instructed on how to make sure that we live in life and peace. And it's by not letting your sinful nature, your flesh, your carnal nature control your mind. But letting the Spirit control your mind. So that tells us where do we have to guard? What area of our being do we have to guard during the season? It's our mind. It's our mind. It starts up here. It starts up here. It starts with your expectations. It starts with what you are wanting to do this holiday season. What you are wanting to achieve. What you're expecting when that family member that historically has driven you nuts. What are you expecting from them? Maybe you don't have family during the holiday season. Maybe you're already expecting to be alone and it, for, it to be, for it to be a miserable time. Look, change your mind. Change your mind. See, that carnal nature, that sinful nature, when it controls your mind, it's only going to bear the fruit of death in your life. If you want love, life, peace, joy, all these things that the Spirit Uh, gives us, then we have to let our spirit control our mind. How do we do that? You renew your mind. It's Romans chapter 12, if you want to read it. It says, we renew our mind to the word of God. It's a holy indoctrination. It's a holy inundation where you repetitively over and over remind yourself of the truth of the word. Because see, you're going to be reminded through TV, through commercials, that you've got to have it all together. It's going to have to be a magical time. Everything's going to have to be perfect, right? You're going to see the old Hershey's commercial where the, you know what I'm talking about, where the Hershey kisses or the bells and they ring and you think, oh, it's Christmas. Golly, they want your money, by the way. They just want your money. So next time you're in the shopping, <laughs> you're in the grocery store and you're out shopping and you see the Hershey kisses, the doom, 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 doom. Starts going off in your head. You think, oh, I need these to make my kids happy. That's all it is, okay? So we've got, to change, we've got to change our mindset. We've got to manage our expectations. What would it be like if this holiday season, if you just took a break, maybe sometime between now and Thanksgiving next week, and you said, Holy Spirit, what do you want my holiday season to look like? Imagine that. If we just stopped and said, Holy Spirit, what do you want my holiday season to look like? Well, but we always go to grandma's. Holy Spirit, (laughs) what do you want my holiday season to look like? Well, we always have 18 turkeys. Holy Spirit, (laughs) what do you want my holiday season to look like? And then go in peace (laughs) and let him have a say in what you're doing. Amen? Amen. So besides managing expectations, the other thing that we have to learn to do is we have to learn how to live within the margins. We have to learn to live within the margins. And this is where I want to spend the majority of my time this morning. Um, Now, a margin, if you guys know, is an area of blank space 
that's around a sheet of paper, right? You don't write in the margins. As a matter of fact, these are my notes for this morning. And you'll see, you can see a white ring around the text. The text doesn't go all the way to the edge of the paper, does it? Okay? It's called a margin, okay? Um, It's an area blank space where there's no activity, okay? So in our life, and that's on a sheet of paper, but in our life... Uh, we, we, have, we have margins, or we're supposed to have margins as well. The margin in our life is the space between our current load and our limits. So just like this sheet of paper has a limit, right? It's, it's, it's got a limited size. There's a limit to how much space is on that paper. There, the margin is the difference between the text and the edge of the paper. There's, there's space right there. There's a blank space. You have margins. And see, these reserves, we we are meant to have reserves around our activity where we're not always at our limits. Are you following me? All right? And these reserves are what fuel the activity inside the margins. See, they've done studies. um, When when I was in uh, in school many, many moons ago, uh, one of the things I learned uh, was was about creating... um, uh, newsletters and advertising things that people will actually read. And, and they found that the more white space you include, the more likely someone is to read. So think about this. The margin, the white space, the area where there is nothing, is actually what creates the importance of where there is something. So in our lives, when we live without margins, everything's just thrown into your life indiscriminately, without asking the Holy Spirit what we should do, where we should go, how we should do this, is we create for ourselves a a, a panicky lifestyle where we're doing everything that's possible instead of creating margins. Okay? Do you follow? Now, what happens is we feel like we have to do everything. We feel like we have to be a part of everything because of fear. Fear is what pushes us beyond the margins. Fear is what pushes us beyond our limits. We fear that we're missing out, right? We fear that we're falling behind. Well, everyone else is doing this, and I, we can't, we're not doing this. We fear that we won't matter much because we're not doing everything. We're not spending all our money. We don't have everything. The problem is our fear of not mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what matters most. And when we don't create space, when we don't create margin in our lives, then nothing's important. Nothing's important anymore. Um, there are two areas where we lose margin the quickest during the holiday season. Two areas, and they're time and money. Time and money. And we're going to talk about those. First of all, we're going to talk about time. Um, now, you have a limited amount of time. How, how many of you knew that? Yeah, you have a limited amount of time. Now, we all have the same amount of hours in a day. We have the same amount of, of days in a week. We all have the same amount of, of weeks in a month. We all, it, it, a year, right? We all, a year is a year. To, when it turns 2016, to, think about that. It's going to be 2016 in like a few weeks. What? When it turns 2016 for you, it's also going to turn 2016 for me. Okay, so we all are on this time schedule. We all uh, are given to time. But you are going to be tempted. You are going to be tempted to overextend yourself. 
when it comes to your time. And if you have no margins in your life, then you're going to have no peace. Psalm uh, 90, uh, verse 12. This psalm is a psalm of Moses, which is interesting. A lot of the psalms are from David, but this is actually something that Moses wrote. Moses was an interesting dude. As you guys know, he was... He was called out by the Lord. He, he was raised in, in, in affluence, and he had everything he ever wanted, right? He was in Egypt. He was born Jewish, but then uh, his mom put him in the river, and then the Egyptians got him, and he was raised up in, in Pharaoh's castle and had everything he ever needed. Found out that he was a Hebrew, um, killed a man, whoops, uh, and then he left, he left that area and was a shepherd for around 40 years. Now, just think about it for a second. We know what happened after Moses was a shepherd for 40 years. But around year 38 for him, he had no idea. Think about that. He had no idea that he was he had no idea that he would write so much of scripture that would be affecting people thousands and thousands of years from now. He was just out there herding herding the sheep. That's what he was doing. Don't ever think that your season of life is insignificant. Moses could not have been the one to receive uh, the word from the Lord, receive uh, the the instructions to to let God's people go, receive the Ten Commandments. He couldn't have been that man without the 40 years of tending sheep. Okay, So this is uh, is not really what I'm talking about, but I just want to encourage you. Don't think that your season in this life is insignificant. It's very significant. It's only insignificant if you choose to believe it is and you quit preparing for the next season. Okay? Um, so, so Moses knows a lot about time. He knows a lot about, about how time influences. He knows a lot about scheduling, about, about seasons in life. Okay? I mean, he was the one. He, he was letting the, the people go out of Egypt. Took him way longer <laughs> than it should have. And, and in the end, Moses actually didn't enter into the promised land. He didn't. It was his descendants. It was the next generation that did um, and so Moses, and, and I encourage you to go back and read this whole psalm. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. But uh, in, in, in verse 12, he says this. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, it's wisdom for you to understand that you don't have unlimited time. You don't have unlimited time. There is no way you can possibly do everything that you're going to be invited to do this holiday season. Is there? I mean, maybe you might be able to make it work, but your family will hate you. Right? And so it's wisdom. It's wisdom. And we have to be taught. It says, teach us to number our days. This is not your default. Your default is going to be one extreme. Your default is either to do nothing or to do everything. But the Lord wants you to number your days, have wisdom, and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to have? Look, you can't attend every function, and God wants to rest. I love the fact that we serve a God. Now, just think about this for a moment. Y'all know what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is a day of rest, okay? Today, everyone thinks it's the day that you go to church, and it's not. The Sabbath is simply a day of rest. That's what it is. It was built into the Old Testament law. Think about this. When, when God says, hey, you're my people. Okay, love you, but I got some rules for you. One of the rules, I need you to take a break. Man, I want to serve a God like that. That's awesome. 
I want to serve a God that says, hey, you've done well for six days. I want you to take one off. I mean, I, that's, that's great. Like, I like that. I like that about the Lord. So we have a Sabbath, and the Sabbath is also a spiritual you know, symbol, the coming time of rest under Jesus. I mean, there's, it means so much more, but God took a day off after he created everything. He's like, I did pretty good, right? He says he, he rested, and he says it's good. He's like, sweet, what's on TV? There was, there was a spiritual um, law about rest. God wants you to rest. He wants you to rest. Why? Well, part of it's for him, part of it's for you. For you, because you can't function properly without rest. Think about it. Think about this. Humanity, think about how much more we could get done in life if we didn't have to sleep. Think about that. We spend a lot of time sleeping. Even those of you who don't sleep much, like around five hours or something, that's five hours. That's more than half of your work day. But God built into our frame the need to rest. So he, he wants you to rest for your own sake. He also wants you well-rested so you'll be a good minister for him. Because if, if you're always running over your margins and pushing to your limits, then you're no good to anyone. Right? And this is something I've had to learn. I, and, and Well, how do I know that, that I've gone past my limits? When you're speeding everywhere, you're probably past your limits. That's me. I, I'm, I'm so bad about this. I, I picked someone up for lunch a couple years ago. And I was just doing my thing, you know, going as fast as I felt I could go without getting pulled over. Uh, and there was no need to be doing that. And the guy looked at me and he goes, where's the fire? And I said, what do you mean? He goes, where's the fire? You're going so fast. I was like, oh, um, this is my hand on the wheel, by the way. <clears throat> where's the fire? You're going so fast. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. And I realized I was... I was where I needed to be, which was in his company, investing time in our friendship. But I didn't feel like I was where I needed to be. I needed to be at that restaurant. So learning to slow down has been a process for me. Since becoming pastor here, I've learned I've got to take a day off. I've got to take a day off. I have to. If I don't, I'm, I'm miserable to be around. I get stressed. I get overextended. Mondays are my day off. If you have an emergency on Monday, you can contact me. But otherwise, I'll talk to you Tuesday. Why is that? Am I being mean? No, I'm not being mean. What I'm doing is because if, when you do get in contact with me, when you do want me to pray for you for healing, when you do want me to agree with you about a situation in your life, if I don't get the necessary margin and reserves, I won't be any good to you anyway. So you can force your way into my life on Monday if you'd like to, but I won't be any good to you. That, that, do you follow? And it's the same with you. And I have a schedule. I, I have numbered my days, as Moses says. I've numbered my days, and I'm saying, okay, look, Mondays, I don't exist to anyone unless it's a genuine emergency. Fridays, I don't overschedule Fridays because I want to keep them open for whatever happens to arise I need to take care of before the end of the week. It's just wisdom. Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, act like a crazy person getting stuff done. Crazy. I mean, I just, I work, 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 work. But, but this is what works for me. And the Holy Spirit and I have come up with a schedule for me. What's yours? Are you numbering your days? Are you living within your margins? Or, or is there no margin between your load and your limit? Are you always at your limit? 
Because if you are always at your limit, then you're never going to be who God's called you to be. And this holiday season, this is a test. This is a test of whether or not you're going to keep your margins. Amen? The second area where we tend to not live within the margins is the area of money. Ooh, money. Come on. Money. So there are two things I know about you. And the things I know about myself, because they're true of everyone. First of all, is that you have a limited amount of income, right? I don't think anyone here has just unlimited resources. I mean, even the richest person on the face of the planet doesn't have unlimited resources. They have just gobs of resources, but not unlimited. Every single one of you has a limit to your resources, has a limit to the amount of income that you have. Here's the other thing that I know about you, and it's true about me as well is that you live off of a percentage of that limit. Now, for some of you, it's 100%. For some of you, it's 120% because you inflate it with debt. See, I'm getting all up in your business now. But you, you do have a limit to your resources, and you do live off of a percentage of that. And God is asking you to figure out what percentage of your resources you live off of. Now, he has given you, through the tithe, a really wise way of living. And one of the things we teach here, if you come here for financial counseling, we do that at VFC, I'll go ahead and tell you the, the, the big result. We're going to work with you to get you on the 10 10 80 plan. Where you give 10%, you save 10%, and you live off of 80%. That's what we're going to try to get you on. That's what we're going to try to convince you of. Because we see it echoed in Scripture. But see, most people spend everything they make, and then some, And then when they get more, they simply up the amount they spend. I was looking this up last night. The the average household income for the city of Thomasville is around $38,000. If you're above $38,000, congratulations. That's a household income, family income for Thomasville. For the county, it's a little bit more. It's around, it's a little over $50,000 for a family in in the county of Thomas, Thomas County. Okay, so let's use 50 for the sake of math. Math's not my strong point, okay? So what happens is we work, we work, we work. We, we have, if, if you're married and, and both people work, you've got two incomes. And let's say you, you have a household income of $50,000. That means you're about right where in the average here in this area of the country. And so you get a raise. <gasps> wow. And so now you get a 10% raise. So now... Overall, you're making $55,000 a year. So what do you do? You spend it. (laughs) Right? You spend it. Well, I guess it's time for me to upgrade my phone, right? Well, now I can get, you know, even more cable channels because 3,647 aren't enough. (laughs) I need another shopping. I need to pay so I can see another shopping channel. What? So we spend everything we make. We have no margin. So I know people who make over six figures, who make well over six figures, and when the carburetor goes out on their car, they panic. Why? Because they spend everything they make. See, it's not about how much income that you take in. It's about the percentage of income you spend. And when you have no margin, when you have no margin, you tend to panic and you freak out. That's not margins. We need margins. We need, we need some breathing room. We need, we need some blank space around our finances. So we're not always in freak-out mode. 
And see, you're going to be really tempted this holiday season because of gift giving. Some of you love giving gifts, and you're going to need to give a gift to everyone, and and Aunt Gertie, and Aunt Gertrude, and all these people, and you're going to give them a gift, and this is something they don't even want. But it makes you feel good about yourself to give it. And you're going to look at your budget, and look, you should, and many of you have already blown your Christmas budget, I know. And you just, well, I'll put this off till later, but January is going to come, and you're going to freak out. Because you're going to have a credit card bill that you can't pay. And you get on the minimum payment cycle, right? Look, I, that's not margin. It's not margin. And believe me, I know, look, we, we commonly go into lockdown mode in our household. We commonly, I mean, Tiff and I talk, I'm like, okay, um, we're eating what we have at the house until Thursday. Like, we're just, that's where we are. I mean, it happens all the time to us. Because, because we're not willing to overextend ourselves into panic mode. And our children, you know, we, we're trying to train them. They're like, you know, Chewy chewed up the, our dog, chewed up two pairs of earbuds yesterday. Two. Two. <laughs> it's like, what is, he, what is his payoff for that? Like, it can't taste good. <laughs> Why does he do that? Just making sure I still have teeth. So Chewy, as his name indicates, chewed up stuff. And I'm thinking, I mean, God, you know, here we go, more stuff to buy. It's Christmas time, right? But guys, if we live our lives in such a way that we have margin, we don't panic over money. Look, look at Luke chapter 16, verse 13. I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says this. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So here's a a specific warning by Jesus, you know, the Lord and Savior, creator of everything. Specific warning by him for you, saying that you are going to be tempted to try to serve money. Now, you're going to immediately want to push back on this and say, I don't, I don't serve money. Like, money's not my God. Like, I, I may have some financial issues. I, I may have some, some things going on, and I need to get this under control, but I don't serve money. I, I serve God. Well, <laughs> you are a slave to money when you can't do what God has asked you to do with your money. You're a slave to money. Not to God. When he asks you to do something and you can't do it, money's in charge. Because who are you obeying? Romans 6.16 says, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. The Lord says, hey, I want you to tithe. Hey, I want you to give. Hey, see that person over there? They don't have Christmas. I want you to supply Christmas for them. Hey, I want you to to do this. I want you to do that. And you say, I I can't. I don't have the finances. Then who's your God? Who are you obeying? I know that's a harsh word. But as believers in Jesus Christ, as those that that say we follow Christ and and we're going to take what he gives us, and we're going to apply it to our lives, and then we're going to give it out to everyone else. It's, it's a serious question. That's why the Lord constantly throughout Scripture is warning, hey, watch out for your money. It's a really, really 
easy temptation for you. We've got to have margin. We've got to have margin. Look, I, I don't want you guys to eat the turkey and dressing. I, I don't want you guys to be overwhelmed this holiday season. I, I, I want you to commit to plan ahead. Not just buy everything that the kids want. Look, kids are going to ask for the most expensive stuff. They are. That's just that's what they do. You do, not, you do not have to get it for them. You don't. Think back to what you got as a kid. Think about your memories, good memories, about Christmas and the holidays. Most of you guys were playing with boxes. You take the, right, you take the present out, and you're like, oh, that's sweet, box. I mean, you spent 30 bucks on a present, and then you end up playing in the box. There are boxes out by the dumpster that you can get. Look, I, and I'm not saying give your kids a box for Christmas. But I, what I'm saying is keep it in perspective, okay? Come on. Keep it in perspective. Your, if your children's lack of joy is not because of a lack of toys. So toys won't solve the lack of joy problem. Your lack of peace in your life is not because you don't have an iPod or the latest phone. That's not what caused it. So if you, if you buy a phone to try to mask the lack of peace, it's, it's just it's that. It's a mask. And you're just trying to numb it and, until the Lord, you know, t- try to, to numb it and hide what's really going on that only the Lord can fix. What's your plan? Look, what's your, what's your ideal? What's, what's your, what would you like for the holidays to look like? What, what would you like for them to look like this, this holiday season? Look, it's, your ideal is not just going to fall out of the sky. You have to work towards it. You have to plan for it. Don't eat the turkey and stressing, guys. Create margins. Manage your expectations. This is godly. This is biblical. I know this is not like some deep theological sermon this morning, but this is just as much Bible as the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. Let's stand for prayer.